This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Welcome back. This is Roger Stone, and this is The Roger Stone Show on 77 WABC. Joining us on the show today, uh, documentary filmmaker and author Joel Gilbert. Uh, Joel Gilbert uh, has now for over two years uh, predicted that Michelle Obama, former first lady of the United States, uh, would be the Democratic candidate for president in 2024. Uh, I am also among the handful of people who have predicted this uh, coming political development. As I said earlier in the show, I stand by my prediction. In fact, if anything, based on the events late last week, uh, I find it more likely uh, than ever. Uh, Joel Gilbert, welcome to The Roger Stone Show. Hi, Roger. Great to be with you. Thank you. Uh, it really is uh, quite extraordinary. Uh, you and I were kind of like uh, uh, very early on this, uh, canaries in the proverbial coal mine. Uh, since then, uh, Cindy Adams, who has a great show right here at 77 WABC, uh, is among those who say that their own sources tell them that uh, Michelle Obama will ultimately be a candidate for president. Uh, that list uh, of folks uh, jumping on board has gotten longer and longer. Bill O'Reilly uh, now uh, says that it is the case. Uh, Joel, who else is who else has come to the conclusion that you and I reached some time ago? Well, quite a few. Monica Crowley was an early one that understood that Michelle Obama is a political animal and she's more political than Barack. Uh, a lot of people had bought in and still buy into her excuse or the public excuse that she hates politics. Well, all politicians hate politics, you know. Uh, they just love the power part of it. So even Karl Rove, who hasn't been relevant in 20 years, said on uh, Varney and Company on Fox News just two days ago, he said it definitely won't be Joe Biden, but Michelle hates politics, it won't be her. So the, the mainstream is slowly coming around. Glenn Beck, of course, came out uh, saying it'll be Michelle, Dick Morris, a lot of these pundits are, Megyn Kelly, are finally realizing it, but it's taken a lot of uh, exposure of Joe Biden's uh, weaknesses and the fact that, uh, especially based on the events of late last week, that everyone in the public electorate now understands it's going to be Donald Trump versus Kamala Harris because no one thinks Biden will last another term if reelected, and there's no way the Democrats will allow that to be the case. It's going to be Michelle Obama. Yeah, for those uh, who may have missed our earlier discussion, late last week, uh, Special Counsel Robert Herr, who was appointed by Attorney General Merrick Garland to investigate uh, Joe Biden's handling of classified and top-secret documents uh, from largely his days as a vice president, since uh, he would be entitled to have them today, but would not be entitled as vice president to ever retain such documents, that that privilege being legally preserved for the president. Uh, her uh, essentially determined uh, that Biden had, in fact, 
retained documents he wasn't supposed to have. In other words, a, a violation of the law. Uh, but he also said in his final report uh, that uh, Biden was, let me get this exact words, he, he said that he was a sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with a poor memory. Uh, and based on that, it was hers assessment that it would be unlikely for a jury to convict Biden for the illegal act of handling his classified documents. Uh, but Biden's response, actually, I think, added fuel to the fire. In other yep. words, uh, President yep. Biden had an immediate press conference. I'm sure everybody who worked for him was holding their breath. And he basically had a, a, a hissy fit, which he said, uh, I'm well-meaning. I'm an elderly man, and I know what the hell I'm doing. I've been president. I put this country back on its feet. I don't need his recommendation. Well, uh, my memory's fine, he said. My memory's... Uh, take a look what I've done since I became president. How did that happen? I guess I just forgot what was going on. I assume that was sarcastic. Uh, but then in that same performance uh, in the press conference, uh, he couldn't remember where he got the rosary uh, that he said he wore in remembrance of his late son. He referred uh, to the, uh, the president of Iran as the president of Mexico. Uh, I think he hurt himself uh, by the tone, if nothing else. This was a very, very angry man, uh, and I think he has a gigantic problem. I, I think he does, and when you see the mainstream corporate media coming out against Biden, you kind of know that it's over. I thought CNN's MJ Lee destroyed Joe Biden at that press conference with her question. She said, they say you were too old, Mr. President. In December, you told me you believe there are many other Democrats who could defeat Donald Trump. Why does it have to be you now? So when that type of media jumps on board, uh, it's the beginning of the end, I think. Let me correct myself. Uh, Biden referred, was speaking about the president of Egypt, uh, but he referred to him as the president of Mexico. It's the same Joe Biden who only days ago said in 1996, uh, when he went to one of the G7 meetings that he met uh, uh, Prime Minister Mitterrand of Germany, uh, and the problem with that is twofold. Uh, Mitterrand was dead in 1996, and of course he had served previously uh, to his death as the leader of the uh, of the nation of France. Uh, but hey, uh, it's Joe Biden. I, I, I really think now uh, this really, if anything, it accelerates the move to find a more electable, more uh, acceptable candidate. Uh, I said earlier in the show that I thought that ultimately the Democrats would have to consider uh, removing Joe Biden under the 25th Amendment. Uh, that is a process by which a majority of the cabinet, uh, with the uh, approval of the vice president, uh, can remove the president for reasons uh, of health or mental uh, capacity. Uh, that would make Kamala Harris president uh, far more malleable uh, to the Bidens. Uh, Joe Biden's known for his history in the Senate for being extraordinarily stubborn. This is the job he has always wanted. His wife really enjoys the, uh, the pomp and ceremony of it all. Uh, I think they're going to have a very hard time now uh, getting him to voluntarily step away. And I think 
the need for them to do so is greater now than it has ever been based on these recent revelations. Okay, well, I can comment. Look, uh, Biden is trying to have it both ways. On the one hand, he can't be prosecuted because he's too senile, he's too feeble, he can't remember anything, but uh, he wants to stay in office. So he either has to be removed from office with the 25th Amendment or he has to be prosecuted. You can't have it both ways. Uh, but I think it is the official beginning of the end of, of Joe Biden's candidacy in 2024. And I've made the case that I believe Michelle Obama has expertly positioned herself to become the candidate to replace Biden. She knew this was coming. Some of this may have been instigated by the Obamas to make sure it did come. But Michelle has copied everything Barack did on his path to the White House. Barack was the keynote speaker for John Kerry in 2004. Sure enough, there was Michelle who introduced Joe Biden in 2020, keynote speaker. Barack wrote two autobiographies, Dreams for My Father and The Audacity of Hope. Michelle wrote two best-selling autobiographies, Becoming and The Light We Carry. They're also both on Netflix. Michelle just won a Grammy, her second Grammy for the audiobook version last week. And, of course, Michelle has a voter registration organization, very powerful, called When We All Vote. She got $26 bucks from George Soros for this. Same, again, mimicking Barack had an organization called Project Vote. So Michelle is the most popular Democrat. She's the most beloved person in the country. She has the pop culture uh, position. And I think she's positioned herself with 100 million social media followers uh, to, to take uh, the mantle of the Democrat nominee. And uh, I think it's going to happen sometime up and could be all the way up until the convention in, in, in August in Chicago, of all places, her hometown. Uh, it is extraordinarily interesting. So what do you make of the constant reports? And I hear this from political insiders as well as a large number of reporters uh, that she continues to profess no interest whatsoever, continues to say that she doesn't like the way her husband was treated as president, although I think he was treated extremely well, uh, and uh, that there's no chance that she would change her extraordinarily opulent uh, lifestyle in order to run for president. Well, look, uh, when you hear these things that are obvious lies, you heard the story from O'Keefe's interview with somebody that Michelle said that Barack wasn't treated well. Well, that's not true. He had, was treated with great reverence. We've heard her excuse from 2008. She was so political, you might remember, uh, campaigning for Barack. Uh, every night she was being so nasty, saying nasty things about America. You can't afford food in this country. You can't pay your mortgage. Don't get sick in this country. She went over the top and said, for the first time in my life, I'm proud of my country. Then people started paying attention, and the campaign told her, we could lose because of you. People are going to hate you. Now they're paying attention. So the next day she got a speechwriter, and she said, oh, I hate politics. I just want to be the mom-in-chief. So she's kind of taken that uh, ever since then to be kind of in the background. But she is very political. She's a better politician than Barack. She comes from a political family. Her father was a precinct captain. Since she was four years old, she was going around with her father trying to get the black voters to support the white liberal machine in Chicago. Michelle grew up in Jesse Jackson's house. She was best friends with his daughter Santita in high school when Jackson was running for president. She said she grew up in his house. So she's always been around politics. She married a politician. She married her father. So Michelle is extremely political, and she's kind of hidden behind this idea that she doesn't like politics. And I think the reason for that is she can't show any interest because then all of the news would just go crazy. She's waiting for her moment to reluctantly do us all a favor, bring us all together again, and remind us of how great the Obama years were. 
Uh, folks, if you're just tuning in, we're talking to Joel Gilbert. He's a documentary filmmaker based in Los Angeles. He's best known for exposing Barack Obama in his 2012 film, Dreams from My Real Father, uh, as well as, as his 2016 expose on Bill Clinton's uh, black son, Danny Williams. Uh, Joel's other films include There's No Place Like Utopia, Trump, The Art of the Insult, uh, the Trayvon hoax. Uh, he's also produced uh, films by uh, on Bob Dylan uh, and uh, Paul McCartney. Uh, his current blockbuster book and film, again, Michelle Obama 2024, Her Real Life Story and Her Plan for Power. Uh, I should also mention that Joel Gilbert is an accomplished uh, musician, uh, has played in a Bob Dylan, Dylan tribute band and has an encyclopedic knowledge uh, of America's greatest troubadour, Bob yeah, Dylan. All true, all true. So uh, how would how do you actually see this in terms of the timeline uh, unfolding, Joel? Because, uh, you know, I, I admit that I have changed my thinking in terms of how this was unfold. In other words, uh, I remain committed to what I said at the Turning Point USA conference in Palm Beach last year when I kind of shocked the crowd and said, look, let me tell you, Joe Biden's not going to be the uh, Democratic nominee. Uh, he is, uh, it's going to be Barack uh, Obama. So when we come back, let's talk about the timeline yeah. under which this is likely to unfold. Uh, folks, if you're just uh, tuning in, I'm here with documentary filmmaker Joel Gilbert. We're talking about our mutual view that Michelle Obama will emerge as the 2024 Democratic candidate for president and will be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. Uno. He's your numero uno. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome back, folks. Uh, I'm Roger Stone. This is The Roger Stone Show at 77 WABC Radio. Perfect time for you to go to the App Store and download the 77 WABC 
radio app. That way you won't uh, lose or miss any of the great programming that we have here at 77 WABC. Yesterday I went head-to-head with former Congressman Anthony Weiner uh, in a classic left-right clash. We talked about Trump and Biden. We talked about the border. Uh, We talked about these Supreme Court cases. Uh, It was truly epic. You can go to WABCradio.com or go to the 77WABC radio app and hear that epic clash. Uh, I think you will enjoy it. Returning now with Joel Gilbert, uh, his documentary filmmaker. Uh, My question before the break, Joel, was uh, how do you see this unfolding time-wise? In other words, the Democrats have cleared the process. Uh, They made sure that Joe Biden has no meaningful opposition for the Democratic nomination. He's going to rack up the votes to be nominated uh, regardless of the events of late last week. Uh, At what point do we go through this kabuki theater of them drafting Michelle? Because Michelle, in my opinion, she will never actually run. She will act uh, disinterested. Uh, She'll appear to be opposed. Uh, And then she will ultimately relent Uh, based on the argument that, well, Michelle, you must run because you're the one person who could conceivably defeat the surging Donald Trump. How do you see this unfolding? Well, I think that the, uh, in in Michelle's point of view, they've made the uh, DNC in Chicago, her hometown, for a homegirl coronation right there in Chicago. And I think ultimately she would prefer for uh, Biden to be told he has to drop out right up at the convention which would allow her a 10-week only scrutiny time until the election to ride her personal popularity all the way to the uh, election. However, I think uh, the timeline can and is being accelerated by Biden's deterioration, by this uh, fiasco of a press conference, by the her report saying that he can't really remember things. We've got uh, Hunter's testimony coming up in the House. It's going to be very damning, I think, for Joe Biden. He will be impeached, I believe, by the House. So as Biden kind of crashes and burns and is unable to function, it's going to move up the timeline. Uh, I could see a scenario where Biden drops out after he gets enough delegates, and Michelle then will declare sometime in in, uh, May or June. Uh, Now, she can fill up stadiums. Uh, Remember, she likes to imitate Barack. She's copying what Barack did. Barack ran a nationwide stadium-based campaign where he filled up huge venues and gave these fantastic speeches to adoring crowds. Michelle has the ability to do that. I attended the YouTube theater here in Los Angeles last December uh, when she gave a, 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 you know, a talk with Oprah, and it's a 6,000-seat theater, and people were lined up two hours in advance, and they had tickets. So she has that pop culture phenomena ability. So either it could happen as Biden continues to crash and burn, uh, or it might go all the way up to the convention, and you'll hear the delegates screaming, Obama, Obama, and Michelle will be coronated. Either way, it's going to happen. Uh, I know that there are people out there listening to this who may be making jokes about uh, Michelle Obama's gender. I think they're making an egregious mistake. Uh, Address that question, Joel, because no one has more exhaustively 
uh, investigated, or I should yeah. say researched, Michelle Obama than you have. Yeah, I've uh, been to Chicago. Uh, I've talked to three of her boyfriends, her mother, her high school and elementary school classmates, principals, teachers, you name it. Got all the photos of her as a kid. I can assure you Michelle is female and has always been female. It is a joke that came up from a comedian. Uh, you know, Joan Rivers was asked, will we ever have a gay president? And she joked, well, we already have one in Obama and Michelle's transgender. And when she died two months later in a kind of a strange circumstance, the Internet kind of ran with that, I think, because Michelle has had 15 years of all positive publicity, nothing ever negative. So I think that's when people kind of picked up on that. But she is female, and she, but she is a total phony, and that's her biggest vulnerability. She's not a phony because she's male. She's a phony because Michelle has a terrible relationship with the black community in Chicago, and I chronicle this in my film and book. Michelle grew up uh, as the black face of white flight. She refused to study with other black kids. Her and her brother went an hour away. Her brother went to a Catholic school, even though they weren't Catholic, all white. Michelle went to a magnet school. They refused to go one block away and study at an all-black high school, which was a good school. Michelle had no black friends growing up. The black girls would beat her up and told her she was acting white and talking white. Uh, they called her an Oreo, which is a racial insult. It means you're black on the outside. You're really a white girl on the inside. Even when Barack met her, he's written that Michelle reminded him of his white grandmother from Chicago, and the family was like, leave it to Beaver. So she was never part of the black community. She falsely claims she's from south, the south side of Chicago. She's really from South Shore, which is an upper-class community on Lake Michigan. And then there's the, I've chronicled how Michelle got her revenge on the black community when she worked for the mayor of Chicago. She kicked 20,000 black people out of their homes. She sold them out for money. Whenever white liberal politicians were having problems with black people, they couldn't hire a white person for the do the dirty work. Michelle would take those jobs. She told 20,000 people, it's going to be good for you to lose your homes. And then the University of Chicago Medical Center hired Michelle to kick black people out of their emergency room. Michelle headed up for 300000 a year, something called the Southside Health Collaborative. And if you were black and showed up, Michelle would put you in a white van and ship you back to a crappy clinic on the South Side and tell them it's going to be good for you. So Michelle has a completely phony story claiming I'm from the South Side. I was held back in life because of my skin color. Uh, I overcame racism. It's all lies to trick and fool minority voters into thinking I'm one of you. I'm one of these ordinary black folks. When, in fact, Michelle is someone who exploited and sold out the black community. And that's her phoniness, and that's her biggest vulnerability. So uh, how do you think a race uh, with Donald Trump uh, versus Michelle Obama would unfold? Well, Michelle's going to start out with a huge pop culture uh, uh, support, with the media support, with, uh, you know, she's just so popular personally. And she's going to try to make this a very short campaign, maybe a 10-week run-up to the election. And uh, but her phoniness is, is her biggest vulnerability. I think if Donald Trump just would tweet maybe every day, he could tweet, Michelle, are you going to apologize what you did to the black community in Chicago? Michelle, are you going to apologize for denying access to health care to people because of their skin color? Michelle, are you going to what are you going to do about the 20,000 people you kicked out of their homes because they were black? That would open up a whole can of worms. I think the black community is very sensitive to someone selling them out. And Michelle is a sellout. She's somebody that sold out her uh, race for money. And uh, that's what Trump, I think, should, should focus on. And, uh, but it's going to be a, a tough uh, battle because she is so popular and has so much media support. Yeah, I have uh, been very impressed uh, by the increased support 
that is reflected in the African-American community uh, in virtually all of the legitimate polling that I have looked at. Uh, I thought in 2020 uh, that President Trump missed the boat by not talking more about his historic accomplishments in the area of criminal justice reform, uh, the First Step Act, the Second Chance Act, uh, where uh, he fixed inequities in our legal system, uh, for example, the effects of the 1994 crime bill, uh, which mandates the harsh mandatory penalties for the first time nonviolent crime of possession of small amounts of drugs, which has fallen sadly disproportionately on people of color. These are people who uh, belong in drug treatment programs, not uh, in uh, public and long-term incarceration. Uh, Donald Trump uh, is the president who changed that, who reformed that, uh, but uh, sadly, the president never spoke uh, about that. Uh, he rarely spoke about it. They didn't use urban radio, which I certainly would have used to get that word out. I think it uh, some disagree with me, but I think it is among his greatest accomplishments. Uh, yet today, you really see significant inroads uh, by Donald Trump, uh, I think largely because uh, of a recognition in the minority community uh, that he's being unfairly harassed in the legal system, uh, something they're very, very familiar with. Uh, the largest gain, obviously, among black men, but also uh, a slight gain among black women. Now, Donald Trump doesn't need to win anywhere near a majority of these traditionally Democratic voters to get reelected. What he does need to do is make incremental gains, significant gains, uh, and that seems very possible. I guess my question, Joel, is does the nomination uh, of uh, Michelle Obama destroy that opportunity? I think Trump still has that opportunity because he delivered so much for the black community that the Democrats had promised for 60 years and never delivered. Trump brought school choice, uh, robust economy, prison reform, everything that Democrats had promised. And that was the biggest threat of Donald Trump because they need about 90 percent of the black vote to get their people elected. That's why when Biden got in, the Democrats started pointing, appointing black people to every conceivable role that they could do. UN ambassador, uh, head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, defense secretary, uh, the uh, Speaker of the House, uh, Supreme Court justice, you name it, with the rather cynical and insulting idea to the black community, we have people that look like you, so you should vote for us. That's, their, that's what they think. That's how ridiculous it is. Uh, but they think, I believe, that Michelle Obama will shore up their shortcomings because of her skin color and because of her popularity. But as you mentioned, Donald Trump has a, a record of accomplishment. The Obama years did nothing for the black community. They ruined race relations in this country, the Obamas did, and they uh, filled up the urban communities with illegals, drove down wages, and harmed the black community. So I think Donald Trump has a case to make, and he should make it. All right, uh, documentary filmmaker Joel Gilbert, today on The Roger Stone Show. Joel, tell us very quickly the website where people can see your work. Please go to Michelle Obama 24, michelleobama24.com. You can see the trailer, hook up to where to buy the, the book and watch the movie online at salemnow.com, Amazon Prime Video, and amazon.com. 
All right. Thank you, uh, Joel Gilbert. I'm Roger Stone. This has been The Roger Stone Show. Hang on, because my good friend Joe Piscopo will be right along with Sundays with Sinatra. Thank you, and God bless you.